Here at Children's Hospital and Medical Center in Omaha, Nebraska, it's just kids, all day, every day. Our pediatric experts are here to answer your questions and weigh in on hot topics, helping you keep your child healthy, safe, and strong. We're here for you. Listen in. The COVID-19 pandemic quickly changed and upended American life. Schools from elementary to higher education shifted to online classes in March of 2020 to curb the spread of COVID-19. Many parents also began to work from home, juggling both childcare and work responsibilities. Fall 2020 just may be the most anticipated back-to-school season yet. As your family prepares to navigate a unique back-to-school return after being out of the classroom for nearly five months, what can you do to enhance your child's school experience, whether learning remotely or in person? And what can you do to keep your children as safe and healthy as possible? We talked to children's physicians, pediatricians, Dr. Tina Scott Mordhorst and Dr. Brandy Reeve Iverson for their guidance and to learn more. I'm Dr. Brandy Reeve Iverson from Children's Physicians Bellevue. And I am Dr. Tina Scott Mordhorst from Children's Physicians in Plattsmouth. Um, I think today we're just going to talk a little bit about how things are going to look as we get ready to get back to school and um, hopefully address some concerns and make people feel a little bit better about what's happening. So the first thing we're going to talk about is what should you be doing now to ensure that your kiddo is ready for heading back to school this fall and what precautions should your family be taking to prepare. Um, so at our house, so I have two little ones who are headed back to elementary school next week. So at our house, I'm kind of mentally preparing for my kids for what school is going to look like this year because it's going to look quite different than it did last year. So in their circumstances, they're going to be wearing masks, which I think is the big point that we'll touch on today. Um, and they're going to be restricted in what activities they can do, their outside time, how lunch is going to be served. Um, how they're going to be taking mask breaks, how they're going to be hand sanitizing, and it's just um, a lot for them to take in, especially because I'll have a kindergartner and a second grader. So I have a kiddo who's never been to school and a kiddo who's very used to school at this point and is going to be doing it quite differently. Um, and so the best thing I've found is both a mom and a pediatrician that I can do to help prepare my families and my own kids is to kind of try to coach them through what it's going to look like because I think our kids do better when they're prepared. Um, of course, not wholeheartedly, because I don't know exactly what it's gonna look like, but to also let them know that change is okay. So we're doing this for a reason. And then if I don't get upset about it or overly anxious about it, then my kids tend to follow suit. And so that's what I've tried to talk with a lot of my families about it, is that, you know, changes may come soon after school starts, unfortunately. So school, we may start in the building um, and then we may unfortunately have to go to remote and that's okay um, because there's a good reason why we're doing it. Well, and don't you think, and my kids are older, um, but don't you think just kind of um, being hopeful and optimistic mm -hmm. is an important thing to do with kids right now because they are faced with so much uncertainty um, and, and parents are, are nervous as it is, but I think that we have to kind of put our best foot forward for kids right now um, and just be the good cheerleaders that we always are and that we can be as you and I as pediatricians and as mothers as well. Um, so much of what we do is reassurance and encouragement. And yeah, I think that, that goes true or holds true with this and you know, even the, the things that, you know, maybe you and I have gotten used to wearing masks all day, every day, 
are a little unusual for kids, but kids are so darn resilient. And if we just, you know, get them a mask they like and make it be a character they love or something that grandma's made or something that a friend has made. Or something um, they, they decorate themselves. Or something they decorate yeah. themselves. Mm -hmm. And I have found in clinic, these kids are, are so proud of the masks they wear. Mm -hmm. If you say, you know, encouraging words to them and, and, you know, really pump them up for their mask and how cool it is. And how they're um, wearing it correctly. Right. So I think that's another thing I point out is that they have such right. cool designs and you're covering up your nose and you're not touching your face. Those are all great things. And really, uh, again, modeling that good behavior to them right. wearing our masks ourselves because it is unfortunately kind of our new normal. Um, and like, I think it's really important, like you talked about finding the right mask for them. Um, my kids have tried out several masks and some of which they're constantly touching their face. And so I have to remind them like, okay, maybe this isn't the right mask for you, or it doesn't quite fit tightly on their face. So they're still getting a lot of air in from the sides. Mm -hmm. And so finding whatever mask you think works for your kiddos that they're going to leave on and leave alone. Um, and then I know we'll come to this later, but having them practice wearing the mask and not just springing it on them the first day they have to go to school. Well, and even that, you know, I think that's fair to even address right now because that is a concern that I know you're hearing from parents and I am as well, is how am I going to get, you know, my kid to wear this mask all day? Um, and, and I've actually asked, again, you know, my kids are older and they're adults and, you know, they just wear masks. Uh, mm -hmm. But I've asked parents kind of ideas and thoughts about what they've done. And, you know, it's, it's things like, you know, they earn bonus screen time if they wear their mm -hmm. mask while they're playing their video games or watching their programs. Right. Um, I, I, think, I think we just need to, yeah, give parents ideas that maybe they haven't thought of before. Right. Train, and like, train your kids. And our kids don't leave the house a whole lot, but when we do go out in public, like they have their mask on, they put it on before they leave the car. We talk about, again, I reiterate why it's important we're doing this. And now we're seeing more and more people when we do go out that are wearing them. So it reiterates why we're doing what we're doing and that we're not the only ones doing it. Everybody's doing it. Or if they're not, they should be to try to keep, we're keeping ourselves safe with our mask and we're trying to keep them safe as well. Right. And even my little ones understand that. And so oh, yeah. again, it's just, I saw the tip online recently about the wearing the mask during screen time. And I think that's brilliant because a lot of our kids value their screen time. Some a little too much, but that's irregardless. <laughs> but if you have to wear your mask to practice, that's a good time to do it because you, you know, when they're outside running and playing may not be the most ideal time, but if a lot of them are going to be remotely learning, practicing wearing their mask when they're doing their screen time would be appropriate. I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think, and you touched really quick even on the hand washing mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, antibacterial soaps, gels, all those things that they're going to see in the classroom, which I think most of them have seen before. Oh, absolutely. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe a little more prevalent. And I, I, I think also just advising them and teaching them how to kind of keep their distance from their friends. You know, you've got those, those they're going to be so, so excited to see oh, their gosh. friends. Oh, yes like over the moon, right? right. And so, you know, I think the, the other conversation as uh, pediatricians and parents that we have with children is, you know, yes, you're gonna be excited to see your, your, your friend, but you know, 
how's an appropriate way to express that right now? Right. Maybe not hugging and, you know, touching <laughs> and touching all of their school supplies and keeping uh -huh. your own school supplies to yourself, those kind of things, yeah. and respecting each other's distance. And again, with the teacher, because I have younger kids, they like to give their teachers hugs. And that's a big part of school is that social dynamic. And so I think again, instructing our kids that maybe this year's not the year that we, you know, hold hands with our best friend or we give the hugs <laughs> the first time we see them because you're absolutely right. Our kids have missed their friends immensely. And there are some friends we haven't seen in six plus months because Zoom just right. is not the same as seeing your friends in person. It's so. not. It's not the same as, you know, as adults. We kind of crave that and they just mm -hmm. don't, you know, with their little fun impulse control things that they do sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, we have to you know, kind of teach them to put the brakes on. And you're right, it's, it's not even their, it's not even their, their friends, it's their teachers, these kids. Mm -hmm. And I'm so impressed by how much they've missed their teachers. Oh, yes. Uh, and Absolutely. want to get back to school to see their teachers. So I think um, just those behaviors, we kind of need to reinforce at home um, as well. Oh, absolutely. But you, I also, I love the point you made um, about um, kids caring because they do care. Mm -hmm. And I think if we lead with that with kids and, you know, kids are, they're just compassionate and kind, you know, from the get-go, they, they, they want to please people. They want to please their friends. They want to please adults. And if we um, set expectations for them, mm -hmm. uh, I just, I think they can do these things. Uh, Absolutely. With, and they're resilient. So I think that they really, regardless of what their school year looks like this year, whether it's re completely remote or a combination blended model or all in school, I think, although it may be a little difficult in the beginning, I think our kids will get used to it. Kind of like we were all disappointed when we didn't go back to school from spring break. And then, you know, we all kind of settled into our new normal once each school district told us how we needed to school our kiddos or what we were going to do. And our kids went with it. You know, it was kind of the new normal. And I think that's what this year is going to bring as well. So as far as, you know, the, the people that are choosing remote learning, um, I know that I have just been telling families to, to make a schedule. And exactly. I think it's, I, I think it's even okay to post a schedule somewhere mm -hmm. um, in, at home and, and recognize that you're going to have kids that need to take breaks in the day and it has to be appropriate for their age. Mm -hmm. And maybe high schoolers are a little bit more, you would hope, self-directed than, mm -hmm. than little kids. Um, but what else have you been telling parents? So I guess it kind of depends on the district because we haven't gotten a lot of information about what these remote programs are going to look like. So if they're expecting them to be in front of that computer and they're going to be accountable, we're going to have to find ways that they can do that. So maybe it's that they're sitting on an exercise ball so they can still move a little bit. Um, and we're going to have to set up, you know, if my kiddos were doing all remote learning, I think the learning would probably be not done when they're laying in bed kind of thing. I think right. we need to set up the expectation that we're going to be sitting at the table or at the yeah. counter and that, you know, this is what the learning hours, kids are creatures of habit. So like you said, if we can set up a schedule, I think they will learn much better that way. Um, I found it hard with, um, as a parent, a working parent, um, coming home and trying to teach in the evening time just was not working because <laughs> the kids, because my daughter was just not at that point willing to learn and she would do it because she knew she had to do it, but it wasn't an ideal time. So having our kids learn during the daytime hours if possible. And again, as many breaks as their program allows for, depending on what the school yeah. district is doing and understanding that 
the teachers that, at least in my kiddos district, the teachers who are doing the remote learning are not necessarily the teachers that are in the classroom. So it may be a teacher that they're not at all familiar with or have never seen before, but that's okay. So well, that, that's kind of going to be their person for the year. It is. And back to that flexibility piece that, you know, we need to, as parents, kind of prepare them for and model for them. Because you're, you're right. When you said a few minutes ago, what it looks like a week from now isn't necessarily what it'll look like two weeks from now. And they may start in school and they may have to come home and, and we have to help them kind of navigate that potential disappointment. And, mm -hmm. and I think, you know, we just have to keep talking to them at an age appropriate level and um, let them, let them kind of feel all the feels they have and mm -hmm. support them through some of this stuff. Right. And I know it's hard sometimes for us, even as a parent, because we don't have all the answers. We don't, you know, we are not happy either that they're not able to go to school and learn and be with their friends. But I do think our kids feed off of us too. So if we can stay positive about it, then they will as well. Um, but if we're really down about it and just completely upset that it's happening and I think they'll have a rougher time, honestly, because they're like, well, my mom's really upset about this. So I'm going to be really upset about this. So this must be a bad thing. Yep, exactly. Which it's, uh, and you're right, you know, it's so hard because we just don't even know what to expect and what to do. But I think we, again, just have to put our best foot forward and, and be real hopeful and optimistic, optimistic with our kids so mm -hmm. that they feel settled. It's, this is very stressful for us and, mm -hmm. and, and they feel stressed as well. And, and I think, you know, we have to validate that and support them. Right. Um, Okay, so you mentioned the schedule thing, and I, I guess I keep going back to you because you have kids <laughs> in school. Yeah. Um, okay, the activity piece. So, so I uh, have a, a good friend that when school ended, had to figure out what to do with her preteen. Um, and she literally did come up with a schedule every day, and she put some form of physical activity in there in two small chunks. Um, because, you know, it was at the time it was March. Mm -hmm. um, we didn't have this weather that we have mm -hmm. now, and we may be looking at that again. Right. Um, what ideas have you gotten from people or come up with? So um, I'm sure you've run into this as well, but I've seen lots of kids with a significant amount of weight gain since being home um, since school Absolutely. let out because when they're bored, they want a snack. We all do. That's kind of human nature. And so um, making sure, like my kids are outside a majority of the time, I sometimes have to drag them inside because they want to spend so much time outside playing. So that in, in my household in particular doesn't seem to be a problem, but it will be when the weather changes. Because right now we're riding bikes, we're riding scooters, we're out playing, we're hitting baseball. And part of that is because we want them to be outside. So we make an effort to make sure that they're out there. And I think that parent involvement is a big piece of why our kids are out there so much. And I think that not, not a lot of parents have the ability to or the space to do that. And so you just have to get creative. Um, there, you know, we're all on the internet a majority of the time. There's a thousand different things you can learn to do around your house that, um, whether that's building an obstacle course or, you know, doing a dance video that you project onto the TV. Um, you know, for instance, we don't have a finished basement, so we could do whatever we wanted down there and they could jump over things. They could jump rope. They could even ride their bikes down there if you know, they wanted to. You could do the same thing in your garage. If you just pulled your cars out, they could do whatever they wanted out there when the weather gets cold. 
Um, and honestly, my kids don't seem to care about cold weather. Yeah, so. I was just going to say, <laughs> yeah. I, I care more than yeah. kids do. And my, even my adult children still love being out in the cold. And I'm like, you people are nuts. But honestly, but, I right. think my age group my age group of kids isn't as difficult to get outside as our tweens and our teens are. Because it's just not cool anymore to ride your bike or scooter, obviously. And so those are the group I'm particularly worried about at the moment. And who are just doing remote learning. Because then it's all screen time all the time. Well, and so... Yeah, and some of the districts are, if you don't go in person, you're not participating in activities. No, I support Some correct. of the districts are allowing that too. So every school district is approaching it a, a little bit mm -hmm. differently. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and I agree, that age group is hard um, because the, they would be just as inclined to just be on their phones or mm -hmm. whatever device they're going to use. So I think um, as parents, we really have to maybe not send them to the gym because I'm not sure that's the right idea either, but do keep them active because they also, I see them, their BMI's creeping up and their weight's creeping up because they're just not, they're kind of sedentary at this point. But and also they can't, the adults are too, I mean. Yeah, right. So get out, I mean, get out with your kids yeah. or participate or, at, you know, be active with them because I, I think adults are more sedentary than, uh, right. than you know, they had been. Um, well, and we all know that we are more apt to move and exercise and make healthy food choices as we do it as a family than if we try to single out one person to yep. do it um, because that usually never works. So, yeah, I, I, you know, I have to agree. And I think, especially when you're talking about kids that really, really want to get back into their dance, their cheer, their, mm -hmm. um, we're, we're going to have to, well, parents are going to have to encourage them. Uh, be out with them, come up right. with good ideas for them, um, mm -hmm. because uh, if if things do s go backwards and they miss those opportunities, um, they're they're going to miss a really 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 important part of potentially their high school career. Right. Um, well, and the other thing is it doesn't have to be us telling them. You can come up with what you think will work. It can be a collaborative effort. It doesn't have to be like, you're going to do 100 push-ups at five o'clock every day. Like, that's not going to work. We know it's never worked with my kids. Right. No, that's not going to work. So we want it to be a collaborative effort, not just this is what you're going to need to do. Or like we said, doing it with them, because I really think it's where they're to get active. And I really, the best part that I think has come out of this whole thing is that more families have spent more time together than they've probably spent in the previous I, years because we were all forced to be together, eating together, talking about what's going on. And I think that that can only, I think it's a good thing if that continues. I think you're exactly right. Um, what about, what have you heard um, particularly uh, with your experience in your school district, how are they going to kind of symptom check for you guys? Are they going to um, just So most school form? districts are doing, yes, like a self-checklist. It's going to be an app, I believe. Well, um, so we children have that. Um, Dr. McCullough came up with that. Um, student symptom checker app, I think is what um, I'm pretty sure our district is going to use. It's being built and it's going to be available. And I do know there are school districts that are actually going to use this app. The, the app, as I understand it, um, is something that parents can use, that folks at school can use. Um, I think the plan is to have it available in the next couple of weeks. So uh, hopefully shortly after school um, mm -hmm. starts. 
And again, that's just available. And there are a lot of other resources for that matter that are going to be available on the children's website, not only to parents, but to school nurses, school administrators, teachers, um, because they all have questions about, I mean, again, adults have as many uh, questions and concerns about this as, as kids do. It's, it's just, it does cause some anxiety. And then we as parents are just being held responsible and kind of, you know, same as when we come into our clinics and we're doing our screening, um, yes. that we're being honest and not sending our sick kids to school. Um, and so th I think that's a good check for every morning of, you know, do we have these symptoms? Should we really be, or is it really just allergies? Because that's what we seem to get blamed a lot on. <laughs> yep. And I think that's, you know, we've all been that like, oh my gosh, I have to be to work in 30 minutes. Is this really, are you going to be able to go or you're not going to be able to go? So... Um, and we also still have our COVID hotline um, that's available to families that they can call if they're just not sure. You know, we've had an exposure. Should we keep them home? Should we not keep them home? What do we do with them? We were around such and such, and then now, now they're sick. So what do we do with that? And we've had that in place for several months, so that's an option for families too. You're not, they're not in it alone. We're always here to help um, and answer questions. But right. well, and 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 as you said, and I know you guys are available always to your parents and your families and your kids mm -hmm. as we are. I think mm -hmm. if there's ever a parent uh, or a family member that is concerned or questioning symptoms, um, they can call the office. They can yep. talk to us. They can talk to our nurses. We're happy to communicate with them. I, I tell folks all the time, if you, if you have a question, call your pediatrician, call your family physician, because that's what we're here for. That's right. That's what we do. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And there's, there's no dumb questions. People are always afraid they're going to ask us some question and we're going to think the worst of them. And I can always tell them we've heard it before and we'll hear it again and we'll be happy to answer it every time. So they can call us anytime they need something. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I, do you have any, I mean, you're the one with the small kids. Any other <laughs> tidbits? I don't think so. I'm just getting them mentally prepared to start school. So trying to get them in a good sleep schedule, Understood. We've got backpacks ready. We've got hand sanitizer on the backpack yep. and some to take to school. <laughs> We've got their mask. I actually um, came up with, I saw somebody recently who was wearing a lanyard and attached to the mask um, hook for the ear because then the kiddos don't have to lay them down on their desk. Oh. So I have stolen that tip um, for my kids and they both Thank have you. lanyards and I also put an extra mask in their like spare clothes bag just in case you know, things happen, they're little, they drop it in the right. toilet, who knows? So right. they have an extra mask just in case, so that way I don't have to make the trip to school to take them an extra one, oh, um, which is also probably a good idea, but we're just getting prepared for this is what school's gonna look like, this is what lunch is gonna look like, you're not gonna go to the cafeteria, they're gonna bring right. it to you, but it's still gonna be fine. Um, and just um, kind of a lot of stuff we talked about, just trying to get him ready for that school is, well, for one, is going to be his new normal, and for the other is going to be her new normal, even though she's been used to it looking a different way. Okay, well, I'm going to take your lanyard idea. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, some um, of my patients taught me that, because they've showed up, and I'm like, this is brilliant. I'm stealing this. It, it is. It That's, is. Because yeah. you would hate to have to leave work, because I, I'm sure right. schools will provide some, but mm -hmm. you'd hate to leave for that. Absolutely. Awesome. Um, I, I think that's great, and I, I appreciate your time, and this has been yeah. kind of fun. Yes, it has. Thanks for listening to us, and thanks for chatting with me, Tina. <laughs> it was good to see you. <laughs> you too. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Just Kids Health. 
please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Visit childrensomaha.org for more information on how we can help your child.